you so much for joining me tonight. We're going to talk about an eternal perspective tonight. It's Sunday evening, and I want to talk about what that means, what that means to us in our daily lives as Christians, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. But first, I want to talk about uh, eternal perspective from the scriptures. I want to read the scriptures and go to the scriptures here. The scriptures have everything we need to know about life. It's our instruction manual. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I get an amen? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. He sent down his spirit to empower us, to strengthen us, and to lead us and guide us as we submit, as we submit to the spirit of God. So we're surrounded. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. These are the saints that have passed on to glory. Hallelujah. That now cheer us on from glory, from heaven. There are the men and women who didn't lose heart, who held on to their faith, who pursued the promises, who pressed into the promises of God for their lives. They continued in the faith and endured until the end of their lives. We are to endure to the end and we shall be saved, the scripture says. They now joyfully cheer us on as we live out our lives for Christ and carry out the specific call that God has anointed us for. And we're all called for a specific purpose. If you're saying to yourself, I don't know my purpose, there must not be a purpose for me. I don't understand why I'm living. I don't understand why I'm on this earth. Just begin to speak with the Lord, begin to ask him and he will reveal the purposes, the specific purposes and the specific call he has placed on you for such a time as this. Thank you for joining me, whoever's jumping on right now. But God has, has called us all. He has called us all for a specific purpose. There are some who are at home. I have a brother in Christ who's at home most of the day. He can't get out and about like he used to, but he's an intercessor. He calls people. He prays for people over the phone. You know, when the, the electric uh, company calls, when the phone company calls, when people call his home, even solicitors, he'll begin to witness to them. He still has a purpose, but we need that eternal perspective to see those divine opportunities and those divine moments that we could easily miss if we don't have an eternal perspective. So I'm talking to you, beloved. You're called, you're chosen, you're anointed, and you've been sent out. We can all lead people to salvation because Jesus has called each one of us to do that. Amen. Each person has their specific call. They have their specific anointing, but we have all been called to carry the message of the gospel and to, to share the great love of Christ, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when we stand among the saints of old in the hall of faith, what will we have to share with them as they ask us, what have you done for the Lord? What have you done for the Lord? I want to be able to list all these things that I've done for the Lord. And I know they will pale in comparison to some of the saints who have walked this earth. But when John Wesley looks at you, when Paul looks at you, when Peter, when you meet Peter in heaven and they ask you, what have you done for the Lord? You want to be able to answer them with something of substance, with sub something of meaning that you've done for the Lord on this earth. And this isn't about works and this isn't about condemnation. You feeling bad because you haven't done enough in your own eyes. But I want you to understand there are so many divine opportunities and moments out there that we could be missing if we don't keep that eternal perspective. 
So if we're to fulfill our divine destiny in Christ, we must lay down every hindrance. Hindrances include worldliness, lusts, doubts, fears, selfishness, and anything that could lead us into sin. As we lay these things down and cast them at the feet of Jesus, we rid ourselves of the stumbling blocks that so easily trip us up. Cast them down, brothers. Cast them down, sisters. Cast down those doubts and those fears. You can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's led me through so many moments where I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to live or die. I didn't know what was coming next. I didn't know sometimes where my next meal was coming from or if I'd ever be free. I was facing life in prison at one time. I didn't know if I'd ever see the outside of a prison again. But when I put my trust in the Lord, when I began to believe and put my faith in him, he brought me through and he showed me there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's an eternal perspective that you can gain and you can see something good in every circumstance. So the flesh remains with us, but we don't need to submit to its call actually or to do the opposite. We should starve the flesh and feed our spirit by nourishing it through the word of God and prayer. And it's so easy to get caught up with all with all the things we have going on today. It's so easy to get caught up and start watching your favorite show, your favorite movie, or it's so easy to go out with friends and, and you know, all those things are good when done in moderation. But don't neglect those opportunities you have to share the love of Christ, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Christians today have become so comfortable. It's caused them to be complacent and without struggle, there's no progress. Let me say that again. Without struggle, there's no progress. Without adversity, many don't see the point in pursuing Jesus. Don't wait until something catastrophic happens in your life to seek the Lord. Seek him now. Seek him while he can be found. Seek him while you're in that place of peace and comfort. Don't seek him when your face is on the ground. When you've been humbled and you've been brought down and you've been brought low because you've raised yourself up, you've lifted yourself up in pride. Seek the face of the Lord and grow in your relationship with him. And that relationship will continue to get deeper and deeper as you grow in love for the Lord and for others. And it will lead you to serve others. It will lead you to look for those divine opportunities and to jump at them when they come along. So as we trust, we move forward, staying engaged with our eyes on the prize. To endure in the race set before us is to remain engaged in the work of the Lord. So when we don't stay engaged, it becomes very easy to lose focus and forget why we're running the race to begin with. So it's all about pleasing our Heavenly Father and no other opinion matters. I'm telling you, when I got that revelation that no other opinion matters than my Heavenly Father's opinion, there was such freedom in that. There was such liberation in that to know that he's the only one whose opinion matters. You can forget about what people think about you. One day they'll love you and the next day they'll hate you. The next day they'll be talking trash on you. Not saying that you shouldn't trust some people in your life, but you can trust Jesus with everything, with all that you have and all that you possess and all that's under your care. And we should commit all that we are into his hands each and every day. So it's all about pleasing our Heavenly Father. By pleasing the Father, you'll experience a peace beyond any sense of satisfaction that you've ever known in this life. Having an eternal perspective starts by looking unto Jesus who endured the cross, who endured the cross with us in mind. He endured the cross because of love, because of his love for this lost and fallen earth. He's now seated on the throne. He's seated on his throne at the right hand of the Father. He's been given all authority in heaven and in the earth. He created the pattern and the example for us. 
New life comes only after we've died to the old, old way. That's the kingdom principle. Okay, the world will tell you you live and then you die. No, we die and then we live. We die to the world and we live in Christ. So only after we've cried out to the Father as Jesus did, saying, not my will, but yours be done. Not until that moment, not until that moment have we died to self and begun to live in Christ. I want to live in Christ. I don't know about you. I want to live in Christ. I want to live according to his principles and according to the divine will of my father, my heavenly father. So with an eternal perspective, we see that we're living on borrowed time. Nothing, nothing that we possess or is under our care is ours at all. We don't own anything. None of it is ours. The money we have is borrowed. The time we have is borrowed. The possessions we have are borrowed because God owns it all. That may be a revelation for you right now, but all of it, all of it, if you're a follower of Christ, should be used for the glory of God. So we only steward what's been given by our Father, and all of it will be returned to Him when we pass on to glory, when we pass on into eternity. We gain nothing by storing up riches for ourselves in this life, but by a but by living according to God's divine will, in due time, we'll receive our reward. And what we receive will never decay. It will never decay when it's in heaven. Hallelujah. We are to store up our treasure in heaven and not on this earth where thieves can break in, where they can rust, where they can deteriorate and be corrupted. Heavenly treasures last forever. Speaking of heaven, heaven always causes me to think about eternity. When I think about heaven, I think about eternity. Eternity can mean many things depending on who you ask, depending on what their spiritual belief is, depending on whether they believe in heaven or hell. There's so many different belief systems out there. They may tell you many different things, but I'm telling you, it's only heaven or hell. There's only two places you can go. There's only two choices. Eternity for me is walking into a room and realizing each person I see will end up of one of two places, heaven or hell. That's what eternity means to me. So we need to be sharing the word of God. We need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be sharing this eternal perspective. And you'll never know it unless you've encountered the spiritual realm, unless you've encountered Christ, unless you've encountered the Holy Spirit. It's all just words until you encounter him. So I pray that you read your word more often. I pray that you read the Bible. I pray that you commit your life to Jesus. I pray that you would repent, but I pray that you would encounter Christ, that you would encounter him in supernatural ways and get to know him by his spirit, through his spirit. So the very thought of eternal torment compels me to speak the truth in love to all who will listen. Hell isn't a party and no one will enjoy themselves there. In fact, the scriptures say hell was prepared for Satan and his angels, Satan and the demons. So misery loves company. So does he. He does his best to deceive people into believing that he's not real, that hell doesn't exist and that you won't go there when you die. I'm telling you, hell isn't a party. Hell isn't where you're going to get together with your friends to drink alcohol to smoke weed and do drugs and to party and have sex. It's not that. It's not that. It's hell. It's torment. It's flames of fire burning you. 
your body regenerating for you to be tortured again and again. This is the explanation of hell, where the worm dieth not, where the worm doesn't die, but eats the flesh in hell. This is the explanation that you'll find in the scriptures. So Jesus spoke more about hell than he ever did about heaven. I hope you know that. Why do you think that was? He was warning people of what they'd experience if they rejected the free gift of salvation. So I vividly, I vividly remember an encounter I had as I lay in my bed one night about a year ago. As I entered into the between place be, between uh, sleep and awake, where I was kind of just, you know, in that in between, I remember hearing voices screaming out, help me, help me. I could hear them just screaming, help me. They were shrieking. They were screaming. I then listened more intently and they began to scream again and again. The lost were crying out. God spoke to my spirit during this encounter and said, those are the lost who are crying out to hear the message of the gospel. They don't know their final destination. They don't know that their final destination will be hell without me. Tell them. So Jesus made it clear while on this earth that those who would repent, believe, and follow would, in, would inherit eternal life. They would inherit paradise with him. Second Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the heart of God. God wants all to come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants you in paradise with him. He's given you the way. He's given you the way through his son. He's provided the way, the truth, and the life, and it's in Jesus Christ. So this is the heart of God. He sent his son on a rescue mission into this dark and broken world that already chose their own way over his. I thank God that his heart is always to redeem. It's always to restore. Now, on the other hand, if you do repent, believe and follow Christ, you'll experience what is what it is to be one of his children in this present time and also in heaven when you pass on from this life to the next. So Philippians 3, 20 to 21 says this, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So we await that day where we'll receive our new glorious bodies, when we'll see Jesus face to face. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We await that day. We await that day to see him face to face to, to experience his glory. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like his peace. There's nothing like his touch. There's nothing like hearing the good shepherd's voice. We'll experience pleasures continually, pleasures at his right hand, but they're not the pleasures of this earth that satisfy for a moment and pass, that satisfy only for a time, a short time and pass away. We can't forget that this is how we'll finish. We'll finish this way in Christ. But while we're still here, we must work while it is day, the scriptures say, because before we know it, we'll no longer have any time to do the work of God. We'll no longer have an opportunity to speak to those who are lost those who are crying out, those who don't know what we know about Jesus, what we know about heaven and hell. Brothers, sisters, hear me on this. Another aspect of an eternal perspective is seeing people as Jesus sees them. So think about this. We're to see people as Jesus sees them, not as they are. So Paul was once a murderer, 
But God saw a man chosen to carry his glorious gospel into the Gentile nations. Samson was a fornicator who couldn't control his lust. God saw a mighty deliverer who he would use to gain victory over the Philistines. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, but God saw a woman who would follow his son so faithfully that she would never abandon him as 11 of the 12 did. Now take a moment to think about the people in your own life that you've written off. The people that you swear will never change. We've all done it. We're all guilty of labeling someone or writing them off, calling them an addict, a fool, an adulterer, a drunkard, and so on. But how often do we stop to ask the Lord to help us that we might see these people through his eyes, from his perspective, from an eternal perspective, not about or not seeing them as they are, but seeing them as what they could be, seeing their potential, seeing what's inside. Seeing a car salesman who's scamming people, conning people, selling them snake oil, seeing him turn into a preacher who's preaching the word of God, who lays all that, all that deception aside. And I'm, this is just something that's coming to mind. I've, I've never seen that happen. But I'm saying think about the abilities, the gifts, and the talents people have and how they can be turned and used for the glory of God. But first, we need to share the gospel with them that they would understand and know the things that we do. We keep our mouths shut far too much, and we need to stop that. We need to open our mouths. We need to share the love of Christ, the radical love of Christ. Those who curse us, we should be blessing. Those who resist us, we should still speak the truth to them in love. By seeing these people through his eternal perspective, we see what they could be in Christ and not who they are right now. Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, but Jesus uses us to uncover what's hidden, to uncover what's been hidden in darkness. So those who are lost and blind continue to seek meaning, but never manage to attain something that lasts beyond this life. There are so many who are literally dying to know what we do as Christians. Think about that for a minute. There's people literally dying to know what we do as Christians. People that would gain comfort from knowing what we know. People that would be saved from an eternal, from eternal hell, from eternal torment if they would know what we know. People that are starving. And even if we couldn't provide food, they would have a comfort of knowing when I do pass on to glory, I'll be with Jesus. Listen, we have it so good in America. Think about those in America that are less than, that have less than, not are less than, but have less than. Think about those in different parts of the world and different nations where they've never heard the gospel or when they hear the gospel, it's diluted, it's, it's twisted. You are blessed. You are blessed if you're watching this. If you're in the same position as me, or in a greater position where you have what you need. Think about what I'm saying. Please ponder it, pray about it, and move in the love of Christ. So I remember, and I'm going to take you back for a minute here. Uh, if you're my age or a little bit older, but I remember an old rap song. I used to be really into rap as a younger guy in my 20s, but I remember an old rap song by Jay-Z that was popular many years ago. And the hook went like this. This can't be life. This can't be love. There's got to be more. This can't be us. This is exactly how it feels when we've experienced all this world has to offer. And yet our soul longs for more. We long for more. We long for more than what this world can offer us. This world, look, 
it gives you a taste and then it just tells you come back for more it gives you a taste and you run and you run and run and run and chase your tail but you got to keep coming back for more but when you get a taste of Jesus when you get a taste of that that living water the holy spirit one taste one drink and you'll never thirst again and you can be satisfied in this life on this side of eternity and also in heaven when you pass on to that side but it starts here it starts by repenting by asking God to forgive you of your sins putting your faith in his son who died on the cross by accepting his sacrifice, by putting your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and by following him. It starts there. And then the Holy Spirit is able to come in to empower you, to strengthen you, to comfort you, and to propel you forward into your destiny. So if you don't know Jesus, there's so much you're missing out on. When you know him, you know a love that's unconditional and a peace that never fades away. A peace that never fades away. So if you don't, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't follow him, say this prayer with me. It's not about the words you say, although they are important. It's more about believing, believing this in your heart as you say it. And you can be assured of your salvation. If you say these words, believe them in your heart, repent, believe and follow Jesus. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you sent your one and only son to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, and purify me, God. I believe, Jesus, that you rose from the grave and that you'll live forevermore, that you do live forevermore, that you are my Lord and Master. I commit my life and all that I am and all that I have to you, Lord Jesus. Help me to follow you. Give me the strength to follow you. Release to me all that I need, all the wisdom and strength and discernment, Lord, everything that I need to follow you with all of my heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Now I want to pray for you that God would impart an eternal perspective, that you wouldn't miss those divine opportunities and moments that are before you every day, but that you would share the love of Christ, the radical love of Christ that goes out of its way to share, to share love, to serve others, and that you would preach the gospel with boldness. Heavenly Father, impart to each one who's watching an eternal perspective. God, that they would remember there's so many who don't know who you are. They don't, they've never heard your gospel. They don't know there's a heaven and a hell. They don't know there's a hell that's waiting for them if they don't repent, believe, and follow you, Jesus. So God, impart that eternal perspective right now, God, that those who are watching wouldn't waste away their days. They wouldn't waste them, Lord God, but that they would... Uh, take advantage of every opportunity, redeeming the time, sharing your love, preaching your gospel with boldness and fearlessness as they should in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I pray you were blessed by this message. Keep that eternal perspective. Remember, we will one day be standing with the great saints of old, and we don't want to go there empty-handed. God bless you.